This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. This is the second part of a three-part series on Benjamin Franklin's 13 virtues. Last week, we covered temperance, silence, order, and resolution. Hopefully, over the last week, you did as I did and took some time and interrogated yourself, assessed, and actioned each of those four for a period of time. Maybe it was just a few minutes. Maybe it was an hour, or maybe it was a day or more. And hopefully it went well. Hopefully you learned something from that pursuit. And if it didn't go well, so be it. I'm going to use a phrase here that's often applied to people who are on some type of diet or some type of uh, food uh, restriction, is you're only one decision away from trying again and being successful. So with diets, it's you're only one meal away from getting back on track. Well, in this case, you're only one decision. You only have to make the decision to say, you know what, I didn't do so well last week. Let me try this again. And you can pick right back up with temperance, silence, order, and resolution. And believe me, as Benjamin Franklin took the entirety of his life, the better part of 60 years where he pursued this, and again, arguably failed miserably in in a lot of these things. Benjamin Franklin was known to drink a lot. It's very hard to drink a lot and consider yourself in line with, with temperance. So don't despair if these things didn't go well. But if you took some time and you thought about them and you thought about implementing them and you made one adjustment, you made one adjustment and the easiest one is probably silence. Just take a moment and instead of turning on something, sit and think. Boom. You're in more compliance with Benjamin Franklin's virtue of silence than you ever were before. So ask yourself, how did it go? And then you probably, just based on thinking about that, I know I did, can see why this is a lifelong pursuit. And so today, as things tend to do, we will continue forward and we'll take a look at the next five. The next five virtues on Benjamin Franklin's list are frugality, industry, sincerity, justice, and moderation. So let's start with frugality. Benjamin Franklin said of frugality, make no expense but to do good to others or yourself. Waste nothing. And this is hard, right? We work hard We all want to make money so that we can have things and do things. We want to own stuff and experience things. And yet, we're constantly encouraged to be frugal, right? All you have to do is turn on one of the the money channels on TV, and somebody is going to be telling you to forego that thing that you want, to save some money for a rainy day, to put away money for retirement, etc., etc., etc. And it's hard. And it's not necessarily hard to do good for yourself. That's a really easy bar to clear. Yes, I absolutely need to buy that thing that I've wanted for a while. It'll make me feel good. And I am as guilty of this as anyone. But that's the easy part. But to do good for others? Well, that's more challenging, right? Because again, we're materialistic, we're covetous, and we're selfish. And restraining those urges takes work and practice. 
because otherwise we will fall victim to them. We want what we want when we want it, and when we have the means for it, it requires deliberate, voluntary self-restraint, which you may remember from temperance. Again, these build on each other. Voluntary self-restraint to control that desire to have that thing right when we want it. Ask yourself this. When was the last time you donated to charity? And if it was recently, ask yourself, well, was it money? Which is good. Donating money to charity is good. Don't get me wrong. Arguably, donating time to charity is better. So when was the last time you did both? If it's been a while, maybe ask yourself if, in the world of frugality, you could do a little more. And please, listener, as I go through these virtues, don't in any way think that I am the master of any of these particular items. I am speaking as much to myself when I talk about these things as I am to you. It is a challenge, and it has always been a challenge on this podcast for as much for me as it is for you. This entire pursuit of capturing these things was as a challenge to be better myself. So when I say be frugal, when I say donate to charity, when I say give your time to charity, I'm not imploring you while simultaneously ignoring my own implorations. We're all getting better together, I hope, episode by episode. So let's move on. Industry. Industry is a word that we don't often hear used in a personal, individual context, right? You don't hear somebody when they ask about a person. Very rarely does the term industrious come up. And of course, industrious means diligent and hardworking, which many people are, but we don't often refer to them as industrious. Normally, when we think about industry, we're talking about business or something like that. And as we've talked about before on one of the earlier episodes, we are all given precisely the same hours in a day. Everybody gets 24. Everybody gets 60 minutes in each of those hours. And it's up to us to do with them what we will. So what do you do with yours? And that's not just a question for, it's not just a, a question for the sake of having something to talk about, but really assess it. Take some time and think about it. Perhaps not now, but when this episode is over, really assess what do you do with your time? We've already spoken a couple of times about mindless time wasting, right? And sometimes that's okay. Sometimes there is just time to burn. You just want to disconnect and take a breath, and that's fine. But if that's a large part of your day, if you're finding yourself spending hours on a specific activity that yields no real benefit, right? No real improvement to where you wake up the next day glad you did that thing. Perhaps there's an opportunity there for self-improvement. Or, going back to the frugality piece, others' improvement. So not just self-improvement, but others' improvement. Doing things that benefit and improve others' situation. Franklin said on this topic, Lose no time. Be always employed in something useful. Cut off all unnecessary actions. So what can you cut off and replace with something more industrious. If, you're, if your friends were to list your five strongest attributes, would industriousness be one of them? Would they say that you are diligent and hardworking? Maybe. But if not, why not? Why wouldn't they say that? What is it that your friends would key in on about you that would lead them to believe that that's not an accurate description? And if you want it to be, how do you make that happen? How do you show hard work and diligence? 
and this goes back to order, and this goes back to resolution, and all of the things that we talked about last week. Again, these all build on one another. You employ order to identify a state of things, you resolve to do something, and then you work hard at it and become industrious. And I bet you can think of a few areas where you could improve in this particular virtue. I know I can, and I hope that you will, and I hope that I will. So let's move on to the next, which is sincerity. Sincerity is another word that we don't often hear, and you'll notice this a lot. I mean, Benjamin Franklin lived in the 18th century, so they spoke differently and thought differently to a certain degree than we did. But obviously, the desire for self-improvement was there. The only time you hear the word sincerity, or sincerely, is usually at the close of a, a letter to a close personal friend. And a lot of us don't write these anymore. Sometimes it's an email, although I haven't seen many emails with the word sincerely at the bottom in some time. But it's a, it's a word that we don't often use anymore. And to me, the word means sincerity in both word and in deed. So when you say sincerely yours or sincerely at the close of a letter, you're reaffirming that all the things that you said therein were sincere. They were true. They were honest. They were forthright. And so that's the definition, so to speak, of sincere words, which are honest and forthright words. And not clouding this with the idea of brutal honesty, right? You're not honest or sincere to the point of cruelty, right? There is a balance to be struck between cruel honesty, but also not deceitful or misleading to people. Being sincere, being honest and forthright in your speech is the first part of using sincere words. Now, sincere deeds means keeping your word. It means being trustworthy. It means when you are told things, when you are handed the secrets of others, when you are asked to keep something in confidence, that you do so. That you employ good judgment. That you avoid mean and frivolous acts for short-term benefit. Because those are easy, right? That's insincere behavior to be mean, to be cruel. So the act of being cruel with your words violates the sincere words and the sincere deeds principle of this virtue. And Franklin said of this particular topic, use no hurtful deceit, think innocently and justly, and if you speak, speak accordingly. So he first cautions us to use no hurtful deceit, and then he says to think innocently. This goes back to a quote a few, few weeks back where we talked about sizing up other people and to do so generously. Well, thinking innocently is, is, is akin to that. It is thinking in the kindest terms, being the most generous. Be just in your thoughts, and then, if you speak, speak accordingly. And the implication of that last part is that speaking is not necessarily required to be sincere. Right? Think about that. Really think about that last part. Speaking is not required to be sincere. So how can you show sincerity without actually using words, right? This is that whole Instagram, TikTok phenomenon of tell me you're sincere without telling me you're sincere. If you can pull that off, I'd say you're well on your way to abiding by the sincerity virtue that Franklin calls for. Now on to justice. Justice, as we often see in here, is used more as a cudgel toward perceived wrongs. Right? Everybody that is everybody that is out trying to do a thing is doing so out of a sense of justice. 
and their perception is that something has been done incorrectly, something has been handled poorly, and they are seeking justice. It is their goal. And you see this across all walks of life, all levels of prosperity, all generations, all demographics. When there is a perceived wrong, justice is pursued. And the key here is the word perceived, or the perception of wrong. And everyone, mine included, every one of our perceptions are flawed. Or, or at the very least, they are worthy of examination. When you feel wronged, when you feel like something unjust has been done to you, and therefore leads you to wish to pursue justice to correct that wrong, ask yourself, examine that perceived injustice, and ask yourself, was I really wronged? What was the perspective of the other person? Did the other person think that they were righting a wrong by wronging me? And this can go in very, very circular ways very quickly. But often we have too developed a sense of injustice or too developed a sense of justice even, and that leads to self-righteousness. And self-righteousness is one of those things that flies in the face of many of these virtues. So be cautious. As Franklin says, wrong none by doing injuries or omitting the benefits that are your duty. That's his sense of justice. If something is owed, give it. If something is just and correct, do it. And wrong none by doing injuries. Certainly justice is complex to navigate. It's one of the reasons why it has its own branch in most developed countries' governance systems. Justice is hard. You're not going to solve that in a week. Even four times a year, as Franklin would have touched. But you can try. You can make slow, steady, forward progress. And that's just as important. Now on to moderation. Now moderation, this was one that when I first read this list, and this was many, many years ago, moderation seemed redundant to me. And it seemed redundant with one we've already gone over, which is temperance. Temperance and moderation, they sound like the same things. It's moderation is voluntary self-restraint, right? It's, but isn't that the definition of temperance based on what we went over last week? Yes, but it seems like one or the other would suffice. Or that there might have been a better addition if, if Franklin was trying to stick to a solid 13 because it was easily divisible into 52 for the sake of practice. Perhaps there was another virtue that he could have pursued instead. But I wonder if that may not mean that I need to, to think more deeply on these ideas. And I've thought a lot about these, and I still struggle with moderation versus temperance. And I guess you could say that temperance has to do with just food and drink, exclusively food and drink, and I was overanalyzing to add more meaning to the word temperance, when really that what I was speaking of was more about moderation. And so both have a place. Both are distinct and independent. But what Franklin says on this topic is to avoid extremes. Forbear resenting injuries so much as you think they deserve. Avoid extremes, right? What a, what a fitting, apropos statement, given the current state of affairs in the world around us. Extremes abound everywhere. And it's important that we be cautious, and that again, we interrogate these things, that we examine 
these extreme positions that we take. When you find yourself painting with a broad brush, you're inevitably going to gloss over or paint over, as it were, things that where there's there's unique one-off situations that don't that that need a fine-tipped brush. They need a fine examination, not a broad brush. And it's such an easy trap to fall into. It's so very easy to pick an extreme and to abide by it without honest interrogation or examination. It's part of the human condition. It's a heuristic to make life easier. Life is busy. Life is hard. It's easy to jump to those extremes. But Franklin would say, be moderate in your approach. Moderate your extreme viewpoints by exploring the others. Asking yourself, going way back in the episode list to Rappaport's rules. And thinking about what it is that you could learn from the opposing point of view. Avoid those extremes. Be moderate in your approach to things. And perhaps that's where temperance and moderation diverge. Is when it comes to matters of social systems and the justice system and the political system, etc., etc. Temperance may not be the correct word there. Moderation is probably the right word. Because if you don't, then you take things too far, right? If you don't avoid those extremes, you, you take those things to the extreme and everything becomes an existential crisis. You, all you can see is existential crises everywhere. Everything is the end of the world. And what an exhausting way to live a life constantly concerned that the world is about to crumble around you because of a perceived injustice that you do not moderate, do not interrogate, do not examine that results in you taking an extreme stance on things. So use moderation. Use moderation and use it as a filter to protect you from those extreme ideas that may be floating around out there in your head where they may already reside. So again, those are the five for today. We've gone through them. They are frugality, industry, sincerity, justice, and moderation. So now we've covered nine of the 13 virtues. We will go over the last four next week. We'll examine those in detail, and we'll talk a little bit about them, and you'll receive yet another challenge. But so far, to recap, we've covered temperance, silence, order, and resolution. We've also touched today frugality, industry, sincerity, justice, and moderation. And again, there'll be another week between when this episode is released and when the following is released. And this breaks down, if you follow the same pattern that we did last week, to a day tomorrow to think about these five virtues. To consider them, to possibly rank them, it might be worth writing down those five and ranking them from one to five. One being your strongest, five being your weakest, and then examining the one that falls in the middle. And the other two as well, and saying, okay, if I'm very good at one of these things, say you're extremely frugal, but you're terrible about doing things in moderation, maybe start with moderation and work through moderation. You have five days that follow that, so that's the day after tomorrow and the four days that follow that. Take one of these per day. Either start with your strongest and work towards your weakness, weakest or vice versa. Tackle one each day. Try to do one thing. Try to do a couple of things that make a small improvement in any of those areas. You will not become perfect in these areas in a single day. Again, this is a lifelong pursuit. 
And then on that seventh day, after you've done five days of individual individualized practice, again, reassess. Oh, and don't forget about last week's four as well. If you can sprinkle in a couple of those, if you can get a two-for-day in there where you tackle temperance and sincerity, great. Good for you. That's fantastic. I encourage you to do that. But if not, just focus on the five. Focus on the five one at a time. And when you get to the end of the sixth day, on that seventh day, think about how things went. How did you do? If they didn't go well, like I said at the beginning, start over. Make a decision. Make a decision that you weren't satisfied with how things went and you're going to do better. If there's one thing that you ever take away from this entire podcast stream, it's make a decision and do better. And again, I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you, listener. So join me next week when we'll go over the final four and round out Ben Franklin's 13 virtues. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you, welcome your feedback, and thanks as always for listening.